0: morning. Great to be here. It's an exciting morning because um, we don't fill up the baptistry every week, but we did today because we've got a couple of uh, opportunities to celebrate how God has been part of people's lives. And our, old, our our greatest hope on this earth is that we could have an encounter with the God who has created this earth. And so in baptism, we celebrate that That those who have come into the waters of baptism are celebrating that they have an encounter with Jesus, with the God who has created. And so, um, before we get to that, we have a few things in the Bible that we're going to look at first. And then, um, which, not saying the baptism is not part of the Bible, but in what we're looking at in the Gospel of John. And so, but we have a great time to celebrate this. So, if you have your Bibles, let's open up to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible, there are pew Bibles, which sounds weird to say. Like, you ever think about a pew Bible? It sounds like a Bible that smells. Um, But, I know, I know. Sorry, Mary Beth. It's like, we're supposed to remove distractions and call attention to God, so I'm not doing a great job of that, but that's okay. Um, We are going to be talking about today the Holy Spirit. Now, just by saying that, there can be a lot of different emotions of what might happen when we talk about the Holy Spirit. And if you've been in church for amount of, uh, quite, for any part of your life, you might recognize that different Christians have different ideas about what the Holy Spirit is and does and what we might expect to see with the Holy Spirit. So I will not be slapping anybody on the head this morning or calling for healings or anything like that. What we're going to do is we're going to see on the last night of Jesus' life, he celebrated a Passover meal with his disciples, he had the Lord's Supper that we celebrate today, And then he gave them, according to the Gospel of John, which we've been going through, he gave them a last night, a farewell discourse. And in in Jewish tradition, the last words of anybody carry a particular weight to them. And so Jesus, on the last night of his life, when he gives a farewell discourse, he says, look, these are the things I really want you to know. I want these to sink deep into who you are. And last week we talked about that he gives essentially the most detailed New Testament explanation of what the Trinity looks like, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we talked about, he didn't talk about analogies, he didn't talk about doctrinal statements, he talked about this rich, these rich relationships that took place. The Father loves the Son, you are my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. The Son says, I want to glorify the Father. The Holy Spirit comes to bear witness of the Son and wants to glorify the Father. The Father sends the Holy Spirit this rich relationship, uh, uh, tapestry of relationships. And one of the cool things about, about that is just the idea that we get to be part of that. We get to actually come into these relationships. I was just talking with Kelly this week as she's going through her Master's in, uh, master's in Marriage and Family Therapy degree, talking about just the idea that um, what, what psychologists have really understood is that relationships actually heal us. That relationships actually provide something for us that we cannot get ourselves. And God seems to have understood this long before modern psychology even got to it, right? That relationships heal us. And so we are brought up in this. We are loved by the Father. We're loved by the Son. We're loved by the Holy Spirit. And God says, hey, when I want to transform a life, I bring them into the middle of this rich, loving relationship, and I'm just going to love them up. And we're going to see that life transform. And that was, one of the, that was maybe the first thing that Jesus did. But today what he says, look, what I really want you to know, now that you've got that Trinity thing down, right? <laughs> like, it's like, let's just give you 30 minutes on the Trinity and you're all good. No, but it, also what I want to bring, I want to talk about, I want to talk about what's going to happen when I leave. And he talks about the Holy Spirit. So let's look at what he says. There's five passages in this upper room discourse from chapter 14 to chapter 17 of John, there's five passages in which Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. What we're going to do is we're going to walk through each one and notice one thing from each of those passages so that we can get a sense of what the Holy Spirit, what Jesus is saying about the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to say this, a little disclaimer. This is not a comprehensive teaching on the Holy Spirit. There's a lot more about God's empowering presence among us that we read about in the rest of the New Testament. But in these five passages, I just want to point out what does Jesus want his disciples to know as he is going to the cross and then to ascend to be with his Father. And so the first thing is this. John 14, verse 16 is where we will start. He says this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. He says, that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Okay, first spot, first thing, I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper. The word there that is used, John actually uses a word that's a very rare word, that before before John uses it in the gospel, in Greek literature, it's only used 15 times In all of Greco-Roman literature before the Gospel of John, it's a rare word. It's the word parakletos. You might have heard it as the Holy Spirit is a paraclete. You might have heard that before. That is from that Greek word parakletos, and it's difficult to translate. So, for example, the King James Version. How many King Jamesers out there do we have? we got one in the back. I see that hand. Okay, King James translates it as uh, the comforter. He says that I will ask, I will give you another comforter. Um, and we joke that like if you miss church because you sleep in, you're having church with the great comforter. Okay, never mind. All right, look, we've got, we've got a lot of guests here today. Keep it, keep it in check, Pastor Craig. All right, all right. So also in the, in the New Revised and the NIV, the New International Version, it says I will have, he will give you another advocate. In the Hallman Christian Standard Bible, it says... He will give you another counselor. And in our version, the, the ESV as well as the NASB, it says, I will ask the Father, He will give you another helper. Now, the word essentially, the word, it's composed of two Greek words, para, which means alongside, and kletos, which means one who is called. And so, if you put it together, the Holy Spirit, the para kletos, is one who is called alongside. Okay, basically, if if we put it that way, the, the definition would essentially be one who appears on another's behalf, and it depends on what context the word is used in how it gets translated. So, if you're in a situation where one is mourning, like you've lost someone and you're mourning that a parakletos is one who comforts you. In the book of Job, when this gets translated into Greek, from Hebrew to Greek, um, Job says to the people who come around to comfort him after all of his loss, he says, lousy comforters are all of you. Because he's, so he's expecting parakletos, who can comfort. In a situation where one is in legal trouble, then this person is an advocate. We had on our campus a few years ago, um, someone, uh, a group that puts um, the... the um, CASA. What is CASA? Um, court-appointed, special. court-appointed special advocates. For people in the foster system, they don't need a lawyer, but they need someone to show up in court on their behalf. Thank you, Jim. I, see, this is, this is, it's like Google, it's like uh, crowdsourcing a sermon, okay? <laughs> All right, that's what we're doing here today. But an advocate, if, if, you're, in, if you're in the in courtroom and you need someone on your behalf, you would call them an advocate. So morning you need a, com- a comforter, in legal trouble, you need an advocate. In a situation where you need guidance, you get a counselor, right? If you are someone, but, but most generally, this is someone who is a helper. And so Jesus says, I will ask the Father, he will send you another helper. And by saying that, what he's implying, we talked about this last week, that Jesus was the first Paracletos, the one who had been sent to help alongside And that when Jesus goes to the Father, he's going to ask the Father. The Father will send a second parakletos, one who is going to help alongside. And so this idea that Jesus is the first parakletos and the Holy Spirit is the second. actually, Jesus is actually referred to as a parakletos in 1 John 2.1. You guys might know this verse. He says, I'm writing these things to you so you may not sin, but if anyone does sin... We have a parakletos with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And usually that's translated. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. This gets back to the idea that look, our salvation, our salvation is being reconciled to a Father through the Son and the Holy Spirit. That is the nature of salvation. That our, our fundamental problem is that we have had some enmity with the Father. And so what God says is, I'm gonna, I love these people, I'm gonna send my son to come alongside them, and then I'm gonna send my spirit to come alongside them. And so the spirit is not only the spirit of God, but the spirit is also the spirit of Jesus. So when Jesus goes. So Jesus was was in a physical, historical location in Israel, one man in one space. And as a human, you guys all know this, that you can only be in one place at one time. I know we all try to do different things. Have you ever looked at your calendar and realized, I double booked? And you're like, I am not like Jesus. Even if Jesus double booked, if the historical Jesus double booked, he would say, I can only be in one place at one time. And so he says, look, it's to your advantage It's to your advantage that I go up because what's going to happen is you're going to get the Holy Spirit who can be in two places at one time. It's going to be to your advantage. That's why he's going to send the Spirit who can be the Spirit of Jesus all over in your life, in your life, in your heart when you need guidance all over that God's Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, can be in you. And that's the other thing. Look at 14.16. And this is the first thing, the, in this first passage, that um, in 14.16 it says, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him or knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. And this idea is that, here, the first thing is this, that the Holy Spirit will dwell in has dwelled with the disciples, but will be in them, that the Holy Spirit is one who comes to offer aid alongside you, but also in you, that the last line of this verse, uh, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you, this term dwell is actually the word, if you look in John chapter 15, which we're going to be doing next week, the word uh, dwell here is the word abide, that we're called to abide in the vine, but here God is saying, Jesus is saying, that the Holy Spirit will abide in you. Not just with you, but in you. The word with there is, again, this word alongside. Alongside of you, but he, you know him because he's been alongside of you and Jesus is talking to the disciples that, look, before I, before I have died and resurrected and gone to the Father, the Holy Spirit is alongside you but after I die and resurrect and go to be with the Father, what is going to happen is the Spirit will then be, go in you. That what he promises is, I will not leave you as orphans. I will actually come, the Father and I, we will come and we will make our home inside of you. And this idea that the, the one who at one point has come alongside is now going to come in. The Paracletos is going to be there in an enduring manner. So with, alongside them, just as Jesus has been alongside and the Holy Spirit has been alongside, but now there's going to be an indwelling nature of the Holy Spirit. So in this first passage, if you want to write next to this, that this, this idea of another helper, the parakletos, that the Holy Spirit is one who comes to offer aid alongside you, but also in you. The Holy Spirit comes to offer aid alongside you, but also in you. Let's look at the second passage, okay? Look at verse 25, verse 25. It says this, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Two things that the Holy Spirit is going to do in this in this particular passage he's going to teach you all things and remind you of everything that jesus has said what's interesting here we've talked about this idea the father is going to send the son and the spirit and the spirit is going to be the spirit of god but the spirit is also going to be the spirit of jesus if you look back over here remember we talked about the word abide if you if we look at uh, verse 26 Actually, verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. Now, the word there, being with them, is Jesus says, I have spoken these things to you while I've been abiding with you. But the Spirit is going to come and the Spirit is going to abide with you. But the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will He'll teach you all things. Like, I've been, I've been alongside you and I've been teaching you. I've been alongside you and I've been teaching you. And what the Spirit is going to do is the spirit is not just going to be alongside you teaching you. The spirit is going to be, he he has been alongside you, he has been with you. But what he's going to do is he's going to go in you and he's going to teach you these things and remind you of everything that I have said, because he's the spirit of Jesus. He's going to remind you of everything that Jesus has said. I think sometimes we think Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and they are, they're different persons. But one thing we have to remember is that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of Jesus. And that means that the Holy Spirit is going to talk like Jesus, is going to have the tone of Jesus, is going to have the emphasis of Jesus, and I think when we, when we think about, how do I know if the Spirit is speaking? How do I know if the Spirit, if that's the Spirit? Does it sound like something Jesus would say? Does it sound like something Jesus has said? And we think about this idea that it is, if, if, we, if we're familiar with Jesus in the Gospels, that those words can be, re, we can be reminded of those words by the Holy Spirit because the Spirit comes in the character of Jesus, in the tone of Jesus, with the words of Jesus. That is what the Holy Spirit is doing. Now, the Holy Spirit can also offer, I I, I don't think the Holy Spirit always just parrots Jesus, but comes in the voice of Jesus. Let's put it that way. He has the tone, the tenor, and we know Jesus does not come like crazy. Jesus comes sometimes quietly, but with a firm hand, and I think we see that with the Holy Spirit. There are times where Jesus, it's funny because like, do we call the Holy Spirit the comforter? Because sometimes the Holy Spirit does come to comfort us, for sure. But there are some times that the Holy Spirit comes to take us out of our comfort. And so some of this, and that helps us, that we need to get out of our comfort zone, and we need to move out. So And we know that there, whenever we encounter Jesus, I, I don't know if you've, you've kind of thought about this, but like Jesus would have been a really tough person to be around, Because he's always kind of putting his finger on the thing that no one wants to talk about. Do you have any friends like that? Some of you do. Some of you are those people, okay? That whenever you show up, you just put your finger right on the thing that no one wants to talk about. Okay, that's great. I'm glad you're getting baptized, Don. That's helpful, okay? But if you have that, what we need to understand is that if it's Jesus can be an incredible, like you would see an amazing life transformation, you would hear amazing things, you would, you would be embraced so lovingly, but you would also be so challenged. Oh my gosh, how challenged would it be to be around Jesus? And I think let's take that idea about what it would have been like to walk with Jesus and take it now over to the Holy Spirit. It must be incredibly challenging to have the Holy Spirit living in us. Because the Holy Spirit will comfort us. The Holy Spirit will embrace us. The Holy Spirit will remind us of who we are. You are a son or a daughter of the Father. You're adopted, you're beloved. But the Holy Spirit will also say, that is sin. That will kill you. That will destroy your relationships. The Holy, like just as, as difficult as it might be to be around Jesus, it's just as difficult to be around the Spirit of Jesus, and now we have the Spirit of Jesus living in us. So the second thing, the Holy Spirit teaches and reminds with the words and character of Jesus. The Holy Spirit teaches and reminds with the words and the character of Jesus. All right, here's the third thing. Look at, look at one chapter over, chapter 15, turn over one more page, verse 26, and it says this, but when the helper, the parakletos, comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. And that word bear witness is the word, it's a legal term, that this is, the Spirit will testify. The Spirit will talk. The Spirit will bear witness. That bearing witness is this idea um, to testify or to confirm or attest to something on the basis of knowledge. So when you, when you call in a witness in a courtroom someone who's an eyewitness or an expert witness, they testify, they essentially, what they do is they confirm or attest to something on the basis of knowledge. And so what the Holy Spirit does, it says the Holy Spirit will come and He will testify. And this is what the Holy Spirit will do. The Holy Spirit will bear witness... To the veracity of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will testify or confirm about who Jesus is on the basis of his knowledge. Now, the Spirit, what does the Spirit know? The Spirit knows everything. It's the Spirit of God, Spirit of Jesus. And he testifies truthfully, it's the Spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. So the spirit of truth comes and bears witness and testifies with truth. And we all know truth can be, like I said, truth can be comforting, but truth can be challenging. Truth leads us onto the right path. He will offer testimony and confirm that Jesus is true, Jesus is good, Jesus is beautiful, Jesus is compelling. It says later on that we will bear witness of him as well, but one of the interesting things about God is it's helpful. it's helpful when the church bears witness. It's helpful when you testify about who Jesus is. But I want you guys to know this. If you don't bear witness and I don't bear witness and the church doesn't bear witness, God will bear witness to himself. God will make it clear That Jesus is true, and Jesus is beautiful, and Jesus is good, even if we stumble and falter. God will send his Holy Spirit to bear witness about who Jesus is. We get get to come along for the ride and we just get to help and just offer our own two cents in. And God's like, I love that. I love that you're offering your two cents. And God is like, I will bear witness. The Holy Spirit will bear witness and you will also chime in to say Jesus is true, Jesus is good, Jesus is beautiful, Jesus is compelling. And that's why we exist as a church. We exist as a church because we just simply want to say there was a man, Jesus, he came 2,000 years ago. He was sent from God. He was God. He died on the cross to save us from our sins. He rose from the dead to show that he had the power over the grave, and that same power can come into our lives through his spirit, the Holy Spirit, if we put our faith in him. That's why we're here, to bear witness. But if this church was raised off its foundation... One day just gone, rubble. The Holy Spirit would bear witness in people's lives and people's hearts to say, Jesus is the way. We get to, we get to be part of that now. If One day we're going to be gone, but the Spirit is going to continue to bear witness. And I think what's cool today is we get to celebrate that the Holy Spirit has borne witness in lives. And we can all think about maybe our own stories of faith as we have come to a place of faith in Jesus that the whole, we've met, the Holy Spirit is born with us. More like, I hadn't thought about it before, but Jesus is the way. That I've, my, my eyes can see now. I was blind, but I can see. I've seen Jesus and now I believe. So the third thing, he will bear witness of the veracity of, of Jesus. All right, let's keep going because we've got water to get into, and I don't want to go over here. Okay, John 16, go to chapter 16. So now we're moving, we're moving all the way over to chapter 16, beginning in verse 7. This is, there's a, there's a little bit in here, and I just want to, I just want to make sure that we see this. 167. he says, nevertheless, again, last night of Jesus' life, he's talking to his disciples. He says, I tell you the truth, It's to your advantage that I go away. And we've already talked a little bit about the advantage of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Let me just talk a little bit about this word that's translated convict in your Bible. It says, he will convict. Maybe a better translation is that he will expose. He will expose the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. The word there, it literally means to examine closely, to declare, to convict, to scrutinize something. I think what's interesting is it says that the Holy Spirit is going to come... And the Holy Spirit is going to scrutinize the world. And in John, the world is simply the, the world th- that, that we live in that is anti-human, anti-God, that's kind of opposed to God, the world that we live in. Jesus will say, you are in the world but not of the world, this, this kingdom, this fallen kingdom that we live in, the world. And what he says is the Spirit's going to come and the Spirit is going to scrutinize that world. going to look at that world and say, yeah, that's salvageable and to say, man, that's bad. Like, the Holy Spirit's going to come and examine the world. The Holy Holy Spirit's going to come and say, like, yeah, that's going to kill you. Or the Holy Spirit's going to say, even in a fallen world, like, that's beautiful. The Holy Spirit is going to come and is going to convict or examine closely to declare And it's interesting because it says he's going, to convict, he's going to convict or he's going to expose concerning sin. And I think one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit living within us, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God living within us who believe in Jesus, will, will sensitize us to sin. I remember one, um, my, my, um, my college years, I spent working summer staff at Hume Light Christian Camps. And Hume Lake is kind of like this paradise on earth, right, in the summertime. You got these 10 weeks of, like, like you're working hard, but it's like you're super focused. There's campers, and you're just you're doing ministry. You're loving people. You've got jobs, like all these different things. But, like, really all the distractions of the world are kind of left off to the side. Like, you don't have a lot of movies. You don't have a lot of TV. You don't have a lot of free time, okay, and maybe that helps too. Um, but I remember coming back, like, coming down off the mountain. We talk about coming down off the mountain after spending, like, 10 13 weeks of doing this ministry and you like turn on the TV, you're like, bah, like what, what happened while I was gone? Like everybody went crazy and everybody's doing crazy things and you're like, and people, and the people around that are like, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, this is just, you know, friends, you know, (laughs) like whatever it is, whatever show you're watching. But I think there's this idea that sometimes when we are experiencing the Holy Spirit, we actually take some time away that we actually get sensitized that the Holy Spirit has a, has a chance to say, oh yeah, these are the things that lead to life and these are the things that are just distractions. And then all of a sudden you come back in and you're like, ah! And maybe you've had that experience. Maybe even like culture shock, you go out of a country, you come back in the country, you're like, I never saw all the wealth that we have in the United States. And it's shocking to you. But then you kind of get back into your routine and you're like, I'm not shocked anymore. Like, but the Holy Spirit is there to sensitize us to the things that cause death. It also says that he, he examines the concerning righteousness, that he makes, us insensi- he makes us sensitive to God's intended world, that God's, God's, though the world has fallen, it is still created by God, and the Holy Spirit will sensitize us to things that are beautiful. I think the other thing that happens to me, and maybe not you, this is just me. Like, I like to eat um, a lot of processed sugar, okay? And I'm alone. I know I'm alone. You guys are all healthy. You're like vegans or whatever. I don't know what you guys are. But you don't eat any processed sugar, right? Because, and you know it. And what happens to me is when I take some time and I actually have some discipline, which I don't have currently, but that's okay. Um, When I don't eat processed sugar, you know what happens? Food starts to taste better. You ever notice this? like your taste buds you're sensitive you're like give me those brussels sprouts you're like what you know give those those are awesome like i want that like and and just things that are like that are lightly sweetened can taste better and i think this idea that the holy spirit comes to examine the world Give us sensitivity to sin, but also the sensitivity to the good things in this world as well. We take away that the Holy Spirit kind of weans us off the things that are not good for us and makes us sensitive to the things that are. And the more that we listen to that, the more we become attuned and sensitive the other thing that the Holy Spirit does, he, he, concerning judgment, he examines the world concerning judgment, and he helps us recognize that, look, this world might not be in your favor, but this world, the, the ruler of this world has been judged. You've got to know whose side you're on. You've got to know you're on the winning side. Because it's going to be tough. There's going to be tough days. I've got to tell you, there are going to be tough days. There are going to be tough days where people just want to distract you from God, The ruler of this world does not want you to be sensitized to the truth and beauty of Jesus. And the Spirit's got to come and remind you look, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Doesn't matter who the president is, doesn't matter who the president of whatever country it is, Jesus is king. The Spirit's going to say, Jesus is King. And you know what? He's, God, the Father is your Father. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit comes to flood you with truth. Last thing. Last thing. Verse 13. Speaking of truth. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. Look at the word guide in 1613. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. This word, I think I'm going to land the plane with this word, this one word. This one word, hadegeo is what the word is and it's two words in Greek. Hados, which means path or way and ago, which means to lead or to guide or to bring. A path, one who guides onto the path. One who guides onto the path. He will guide you onto the path of truth. We have this um, when we're eating well, having our devotions in our family. um, And I have this on my, I have this little journal that I keep. And on the bottom of it, I have this little quote it says, Get on the path, stay on the path. There's a way that leads to life. And the Holy Spirit is like, I will guide you onto that path. And I will guide you to make sure you stay on that path. I love the idea. Like, I have never, I, I this, this summer I'm supposed to um, climb, um, hike to the top of Half Dome. And um, so we're watching YouTube videos about how to do that. We won the lottery. You have to do a lottery. I don't know if you guys know this, but to do the hike and to go up the cables, you have to go with the lottery. So we won the lottery this year, me and my friend, and we're going to, we're going to do this. But um, and we, so we're I think the reason I brought, bring this up is, like, I don't think I'm ever going to do, like, Everest, right? But if you do, if, if you guys ever do, like, Mount Everest, one of the things you need to get is you need to get a Sherpa. A Sherpa guide. A Sherpa is someone who has been up and down the mountain multiple times. And, like, if things get too heavy, the Sherpa can carry, like, their, like these Nepali guys that are, like, super buff, and they can, they're, they can just go up and down at high altitude. And basically what it's saying is that the Holy Spirit is like a Sherpa who knows the path, who's been there and has come back and has been there and has come back and is like, I want to take you. I want to lead you. I want to guide you on the path. And I know that that's super helpful if I'm alongside you, but it's like having a Sherpa in your heart. That's supposed to be kind of funny. Thank you. I mean, but the idea that you've got this little Nepali Holy Spirit, you know, I'm just kidding. I don't know if the Holy Spirit, certainly the Holy Spirit knows Nepalese. Uh, But you have this guide, this Sherpa in your heart who is like, no, we're going to stay here. We're going to go here. We're going to do this. In the character of Jesus, in the voice of Jesus, in the tone of Jesus. And here's the thing. If I were the enemy, if I were the devil, if I were Satan, and I didn't want people to follow Jesus or follow the Holy Spirit, you know what I would do? I would fill up this world with as much noise and distraction as I possibly could. Oh, I guess that's happened. So that you couldn't hear the voice of guidance. So that you were super amused and distracted by whatever so that you could not hear or follow the guidance of the Sherpa. And I think what, what, I, what I love about this room at this time on Sunday mornings is our goal is to remove every distraction and call attention to God and it might be the one time of the week where you are away from distraction unless you carve out other times. Unless you carve out times where you're like, I'm leaving my phone down. It's not my, phone doesn't come with me today or this hour or this couple hours. Or you carve out some time to be in God's word. Or you carve out some time where I'm okay, I'm not going to yell at drivers today. Okay? I'm just talking about myself, right? You carve out that time where I'm not going to be distracted. The last night of Jesus' life when he wants them to know what is important, he says, I will ask the Father and he will send you another parakletos so that he may be with you forever. He'll lead you on the path. He'll guide you on the path. He'll do it in my character. It'll be like I am with you. Like I and the Father are going to make our home in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. I'm going to invite the baptism folks to come on up. We're, we're going to come back here and uh, while I pray, I'll, I'll bring up the worship team. But let, let's just pray. Let's take a, a second and, and just close our eyes and pray and, and just thank you. Thanks, thank God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father, that you have sent your Holy Spirit. Thank you that when we don't know the way, that we can quiet our hearts and we can pray and ask for guidance and you will give us guidance. Thank you, Father, that even though I was not able to walk alongside Jesus, I was born at the wrong time to walk alongside Jesus, and we all were. But you have sent the Spirit of your Son into our hearts so that we might have an encounter with Jesus every day. Father, we love your Son, Jesus. And we love that you have, by means of your Holy Spirit, your empowering presence, you have brought him into our lives, into our hearts. Help us, Father, to remove distractions so that we might become more and more aware of the presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives.